Who is your favorite ranker and why? <laughs> Where do you have Isaiah's answer? It's Yuri. <laughs> AOA, that's a triple play. New episodes of Kill Wake. Open your mind at the first gate. Press play, no need to debate. AOA, check me out. Look. Plugged in, you can catch the hype. Golden Dawn, how we follow the light. Anime like life. Uh, married to it, my wife. Uh. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with the boy Isaiah. Yo, yo, yo. And today, we have something pretty special for y'all. For anyone who celebrates Christmas, Merry Christmas, um, this is your present. We have, <laughs> for all of our Tower of God fans, a continuation of part two of the questions and answers that we do on Tuesdays normally. Right. So a yes. lot of you have been saying in the comments, you say, damn, it really sucks that you guys are only able to get to X amount of questions, seven questions, because there's so many more things I would like to hear your opinions on. And quite frankly, just because of the time constraints that we have, Sundays are an incredibly packed day. We're here from literally sunrise to sun beyond some yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, the, to almost midnight, um, just con like going through that day. And it's one of the only days that we have Gavin, for full disclosure for anyone that's wondering. Um, so... You know, we're limited to being able to only answer questions that allot yeah. us the time to do so and having Gavin involved as well. But because so many of you guys have been requesting it, we thought, why would we not give this to the people that mm -hmm. want it? Um, they're talking to us. They're asking us. So Isaiah and I came to the conclusion that we would come together and uh, on Fridays, until further notice, we're going to be releasing the part twos of these videos. So provided that we get enough questions to talk about, Isaiah and I will take the questions that did not make it into the top seven category and just expound our thoughts on yeah, those yeah. questions amongst us too. And so. uh, if you are not somebody who requested this, um, this present's not for you. <laughs> yeah. It's very, actually, very geared towards a certain sect of people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you haven't watched Tower God yet or read it, Definitely should. Fantastic story. So then you could join in on this conversation. Yeah. You understand what the hell we're talking about and have a good time with it because <laughs> it's some Amen. damn good storytelling. But anyway, so we're going to get into the questions. Uh, this week, we didn't have a plethora, like a crazy amount of questions beyond the seven that we covered. I think we have nine uh, yeah, additional in total. So. Uh, and some of them are way shorter than the ones that got the most upvotes. And it's just two of us. So hopefully we'll be able to get through this a little quicker than the norm. And, you know, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll get to it. So the first one we have is from the fire potato thank you for the question says what do you think about garam and yurik's relationship love this question already was garam being too harsh on yurik is there something else to it from her side of the story should we rename the story to tower of simps <laughs> these are all fantastic questions um i think the relationship is comical um i i wouldn't say adorable you know because garam doesn't really seem to be about it at all so it kind of seems like a one-sided deal um and it is hilarious we went in detail on this in our discussion on tuesday you know talking about is yurika simp is he a chad mm. all that kind of stuff and uh he's in love man he is he really is in love with that girl you can see it because he's like you know from the text or whatever girl a girl b or whatever uh -huh. like he doesn't treat this those ladies like garam is the one that he's going after so do i hope it could be a thing yeah because they would have some boss kids first of all uh and garam seems really cool yurik's the man so it seems like a great relationship all around um, if it works out, but if it doesn't and Garen wants to do something else, so be it. seems like bomb is just stealing every woman in this tower anyway. So no one's allowed to have a relationship. It's ever bomb at this point. A little selfish. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Anyway, it says, what was Garen, was Garen being too harsh on Yurik? Um, 
Yeah, I think there's. I think at first, she, I think at first she was a little. She was a little harsh because like he was like, "Hey, I like you," and she's like, "Ew," you know what I mean? Like she went to the automatic, like making him feel like total crap. Um, which I don't think you want to do that. You want to let him down easy. But I mean, after he asked for like the third time and she still did that, you know, fair enough. He's being persistent. But at that point, if she does lay it on him like that, like. He doesn't really, he can't really expect much else. So fair enough. I think uh, she should lighten up on him a little bit though. Cause I want this to happen. It needs to be canon. So, um, and then going from there, is there something else uh, to it from her side of the story? Uh, should we rename the story to tower of Sims? Absolutely. We should rename the story to tower of Sims. And is there something else to it from her side of the story? Um, yeah, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's like some big elaborate thing. I just think that Yurik is like kind of a big child in certain aspects. And like Garam's like, I don't really, you know what I mean? Like you're kind of reckless and, and rash and like, I, I don't know. Yeah. What her deal is, you know? And then what he just gave the power to hell Joe and like, yeah, have it kid. And yeah, she's I like, that's know. it. You know what I mean? Like you were just the most irresponsible guy, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, it's one of those guys. He's just got too many things going on in his mind. He might not even know if he really loves her once they get together. Right. If they do. Right. He's like, I have these oh goals God, of getting outside the suck. tower. Dude, it happens. Sometimes you think that you're like madly in love with a person and then, you know, you find out you're with them and then you're like ah maybe i didn't and it's like garam seems like just more mature than him yeah, yeah, yeah. um so yeah those are my thoughts i don't know if you had any um all right so this question what do i think of the relationship um <laughs> right now i think it's funny <laughs> because like it you know obviously it, a lot of it's being played for for comedy because we're getting basically your side which is very much like yo i love Garum, like she's the best. She's incredibly beautiful and she's super strong or whatever. Um, but we don't really know, aside from the, you know, the, you know, very explosive, I guess, thoughts and comments that she's made about Yurik, what she like what she thinks of Yurik or why she thinks that way of Yurik. Because it, it's not she's not just like, Yurik's whatever, it's just not my type, or I don't prefer like she seems to have very like almost visceral, like, get the actual fuck away from me. Um, so I'm like, okay, he had something had to have happened, or even if it's just down to like a miscommunication thing, like somebody told you something about him that like you think is is his deal. Um I and I, I would buy the whole and going to the next part of this question, uh, I would buy the whole Yurik is just not like grown up enough for her um, because again, and this is something we, we picked up on with Garam right out the gate is she seems very above the usual BS of the tower here. She seems very above like not getting into these fucking petty dramas with these princesses. I'm not like, I'm trying to find out what's actually going on here. I'm trying to actually make things different and, 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 and change things for the better. Um, so she seems in that sense to be actually like a very good judge of character. And, and because of that, she seems to be somebody that can weed those, those things out pretty quickly. So I think in their initial interactions, like when Yura came up, uh, she was like, I don't like, no, this, this guy's clearly, you know, he's like, I think, I think that what the, the kind of relationship that Garen might want and the kind of relationship that Yurik might want right now aren't the same thing. And that's why they're clashing. So, you know, whether that involves them coming to some sort of compromise um, or, or maybe just like finding out and I don't know, it, it kind of feels weird to be honest, because in getting into the next, next part of this question, um, I do think there is more on her side of the story that has to be. Cause I feel like, again, the, the visceralness of her reaction to Yurik is not just like, ah, he's just not my type. He's not for me. Like, that's like something they, they got history. Something happened where he, and granted the fact that she's been on the floor of death for so long now and that hell Joe has been giving her and subsequently the rest of, uh, the floor of death, such a hard time. It won't help if she finds out that Yurik is, you know, indirectly responsible for that, um, which is why, you know, he was trying not, he, like, he didn't want that to be a thing. Um, but so I don't know. I, but but uh, 
aside from that, there has to be like something else that they went through or, or maybe they were in a relationship previously and like it broke off because of, you know, I, I don't know, but there has to be more to that story. There has to be more to her side of the story. Um, and I'm just curious to know what's going on with that. Cause like Yurik is, Yurik is obviously one of the best characters in this story. Um, but I will say personally, he didn't become like one of my favorites until these chapters, because these really do a lot to humanize him. And in a, an element like this, where it's like, dude, you can have all the power you want, but like not every people, some people just aren't lucky when it comes to this shit. You know what I mean? And, and like to, to take a character like Yurek, you know, and do it. I, I just, it really works. So I, I do like the relationship and uh, yeah, we can call it tower Sims. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next question we have here is from Kenshi. He says, Thoughts on Hell Joe? Would you say he is currently uh, the strongest regular, or is there anything that will disqualify him from that rank? Um, my thoughts on Hell Joe, I, I really like him. I, I think, so, funny enough, we read the, um, and by now, this epi- this video will have already been out, the blog post for these chapters that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those those blog posts, SIU talks about the fact that uh, his initial intent actually with Hell Joe might have been to sort of like really shoehorn in the quote unquote seriousness of his character and like what makes him a legitimate threat and or villain early on. Um, but it, that ultimately he didn't feel like that was the preferred or, or the best route. And so he sort of like led in with the very comical, the very, you know, over the top dramatic aspects of Hell Joe's character, which makes him come off as sort of this, you know, secondary like you know kind of just a nuisance villain and not really like a main like Karaka level villain um so initially that's what I thought I was like all right this guy is just like he's just another guy trying to get a slice of this I'm the shit pie here um you know and and, like he you know either won't be able to or whatever but then when he has his plan and of course when he opens up with the the red thrissera um you know, he he immediately becomes much more of an established villain, and and once we subsequently start learning a little bit more about his backstory, as far as his his origins in the floor of death, like where he started, what he knows, and what he has access to, because I mean, effectively, he controls a lot of the floor of death. You know, whether it be like the literal Shinsu on the floor of death, or whether it be um, you know, all the the people there. I mean, he literally has built like this, you know out of fear, but like army of, of servants. Um, so I, I definitely think he's going to be a formidable foe. I, like I said, I said this in the, I think in the blog post, but definitely our discussion that went out. Um, I do think that that power of his, the red Thesera a is not like his, I mean, well, we know cause you're excited. Um, but I think that that is actually going to end up going to bomb. Um, I don't know how, cause I don't really know how it works tech, like really, but um, that's just off of theories that I have about, I think the blue like monster or whatever in bomb already is related to that. I mm. like really just a, I don't know, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a feel. Um, so I'm curious to see, I guess what I'm getting at with that is like where, what hell Joe is like removed from that. Cause that literally seems to be his main like thing right now is he's like, I, I got this thing he's got, and it's like literally consumed him and like whatever. Um, so I wonder, I'm curious how he stacks without that. And if he's going to be a main maybe not main, but like a presence or, or somewhat of a relevant presence after the fact. Mm. Um, because I do think that there is redemption in a character like this because he doesn't seem so, he's not like super hell bent on like, you know, again, like the, the, the white or Karaka thing where it's like, no, I just want to kill everybody and destroy everything because I want everything to burn and I want to be on top of the fire. He just kind of seems like weirdly enough, like he's trying to have a good time and, and, and like, but like just in a more chaotic evil way. Um, so I think if he, you know, Yurik or whoever slaps him around a little bit, he'll he can come to his senses. Um, do I think he 
do, would would you say he's currently the strongest regular, or is there anything that would disqualify him from the right? I so actually, I would say, you know, which mirrors into what I just said. Um, I wouldn't say he's the strongest regular until I see him fight without the Red Thesera, because I, I think the Red Thesera is his main power boost right now, and I so I don't know how to accurately, especially as a regular, judge his skill without it, because we've never never seen mm-hmm. him fight at all. Um, so I wonder, and yeah, so I guess that's what I was getting at too at the beginning of this question is I wonder what Hell Joe looks, Hell Joe looks like as Hell Joe without that. Um, then I think I would at least be able to more accurately discern like where he stands amongst the regulars. Cause right now, at least of the regulars we know, like we got like Sachi up here and everybody else trickles down from that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I could really accurately place him to be honest. I, w- I would say the Red, the, the Red Thrissera. It, at least in my opinion, does disqualify him from that rank because again, I, I just I think it's like a little bit of a you know it's like saying Bam is so super the strongest because of the thorn. It's like okay, well, like that's an that's an added bonus. You know what I mean? Like not mm-hmm. Bam's obviously super strong, but the thorn makes him stronger. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's my thing. Yeah, I, I think it it's contextual upon whether you're on the floor of death or you're anywhere else for me. Uh, because I, I do think there's something to be said, like regardless of the item you have, it's like, oh, well, you wouldn't be that strong if you don't have the item. But the fact remains, you have the item, right? So like now, for me, it's like, unless you lose that, um, you know, you're, you're going to be the strongest until you do. Um, but the thing is with this floor in particular, he seems to have a really big control over it, not to mention that the administrator part that is within him is the administrator that died on this floor. So there are probably other possibilities for us to see much stronger regulars as we go. I think right now where we are exactly on in this story, um, he, he may be, he's definitely up there. Uh, but yeah, I think as we go forward, he might not be um, the strongest anymore, especially once we get out of this floor. What are my thoughts on him too? I've said it before. I love this guy. Actually, at first I was like, okay, this guy's like kind of a bit of a gag character, but I've said it a million times. He reminds me like something straight out of Borderlands and I love that franchise and series. So um, he, he just looks like a character straight out of there that would have some like crazy line and there's just like the close up and then you're fighting this like ridiculous, the ridiculous boss, like. He's just nutty, man. I, I like him a lot. I, I think he's really cool. But I guess moving on to the next question here. Uh, actually, Piper um, wasn't on the initial one, right? The the one above it. You, you yeah. Were, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. I'll read that one. That one. Um, so from Piper Five, thank you for the question, Piper. Says if Halrion had to pick between Bomb's destiny slash goal and him having his humanity and or what's good for him or for his per- him as a person, what do you think she'd pick? I'm going to break this down one at a time. I'll get into the next part of the question after I answer this because it's a it's a big one. Um, if she had to pick between his destiny goal and having his humanity and what is good for him as a person, um, I think right now we're still in the destiny goal camp. Uh, I think this this is an interesting play with uh, how Ryun as a character because I think this is what this is something that maybe she doesn't struggle with per se, but that is definitely an ongoing question within the confines of her character as we go because when we first see her, it's it's you know, it's, you got, whenever she's putting up a front or maybe she is, she's always like, you got to complete this goal. You got to be my God. You got to do this. But then we always see these like trickles of her actually giving a damn, you know? And it's like, okay, if you were that curious, right? You're letting him keep his teammates when you really didn't have to, you got a whole organization that's ready to back him with the most powerful teammates ever. Um, not that this team is bad, but you get my point. She, you know, is teaching him how to do certain things. Like she, she, says that she cares for him. Like there are like these little, this little bread, you know, uh, bread 
crumb trail, sorry, this little trail of crumbs, rather, uh, leading to the fact that she actually does give a damn. And I think right now, though, I think if she had to choose, like, gun to her head, it's, you know, I think that his goal is, pro or the goal, destiny, might be more important. I don't know. That's my guess. I really don't know. But I think as the story goes, I wouldn't be surprised if that inevitably seeps into the other uh, option. So that that's where I am at the moment. Uh, second part of the question says, keep in mind, oh, okay, the, the leading. Leading the witness, Your Honor, keep in mind that the Hell Train arc, she also thought when uh, Kuhn was being a bit stubborn that bomb was easier to control. Do you think she is still operating on the mindset? Oh, okay, so I kind of answered it within the yeah, yeah, within yeah. the first one. I don't know if you have thoughts. So, uh, yeah, so which one do I think she'd pick? Um, <laughs> so obviously, like, I would want her so I'm personally, I guess, like in the, the, the camp of the of keeping bombs humanity. So just the fact that I can't definitively say she would pick that um, already like puts her in a, in a weird gray area for me. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I because I, I, I could see her still being, you know, a, like, let's say if we made just like a ratio thing, right? Like 70 uh, percent in the destiny goal camp and 30 percent in the, uh, you know, in the humanity camp. But like, I, I don't know, because. The second part of this does bring up a good point is that she does especially look at like, you know, when the way she talks about when Kuhn is being stubborn, you know, like, oh, bomb's so much easier to control. Mm. But again, I think she she I think even in saying that, that's in the perspective of like that's more of like a character thing, right? Because even if it wasn't about leading bomb to his destiny or whatever, like Generally speaking, about those characters, you could probably get Bomb to do something a lot easier than Kuhn. Kuhn will fight, like, if he does not vibe, he will fight and question you on every aspect of what you tell him to do until you're like, all right, whatever, I'm just going to go, whatever. I don't even, I'm sorry I asked. Where Bomb is like, you asked nice enough, and he'll probably at least, you know, he'll consider it or whatever. Um, and, and plus their history. I do think as, uh, you know, as muddied up, I guess, as their history is, how are you in Bombs? Like, Bomb does have enough of, uh, you know, a an allegiance, a respect for our reunion that like, if she would have request something of him, he would just on the grounds of being companions, hear her out. Um, which I do think is dangerous because if, if she is still in the destiny goal camp, that could all be like long con game stuff to be like, all right, bomb now betray your comrades and let's go do this thing. Um, or whatever. I don't know. I, and I think, you know, we actually had a, a long, a very long talk about how reunion's character the other day. Um, and, and I've, I've ended in this spot that like, this woman just confuses the fuck out of me because I don't know where she stands ever. And, and the main reason is because it, her character requires you to have faith in her, that the decisions that she's making and the things she's saying and the things that she wants are either the right thing or that they are going to work out for everybody. But at least to me, that doesn't make any sense or doesn't make enough sense to be for me to be like, all right, I trust you because a, like we said, there is a little bit of bias in it for me because I'm not just concerned about, I'm not just concerned about Bam's well-being. I'm concerned about the whole team. So the fact that she's not automatically puts us at odds where it's like, wait, I wouldn't like you're, you know, don't fuck with anybody here. But that aside, I think like ultimately what I'm getting at is that I do think that how is still a bit more in the destiny goal camp. Um, I do think, though, in the way of, like, sort of the classic, like, shonen protagonist persuades you, um, Bomb will end up influencing her and will end up, like, just the, you know, the love and, and, and respect that he has for his companions will rub off on her to the point where she might abandon. Because the other line that I think is very important to her changing in her character is that when after the, um, after the, you know, the whole thing with, uh, Bomb and, and Joaquin's fight when they're playing the game to go save the hostages. Um, 
and they're like sort of recollecting with Yuri and Evan and everybody, how Ryun makes a statement that's, I'm paraphrasing, but something along the lines of like, yeah, Bomb is different than anybody that I've ever encountered because he's he's pushing and forging his own path. It's a path that like I is not predestined because he's making it himself. And like as his guide, she's here to help him see it through. So that if that path that Bomb is now forging ahead implies her to change to be with him, I think given enough time, that might be a decision she's willing to make. Um, but also it implies that she she understands and maybe is not as focused on like, okay, bomb, do what I say because I'm the guide and I'm telling you what's right and where to go rather than it seems like at least, you know, maybe I'm just reading too much in that line, but like that she's willing to acknowledge the fact that like bomb might know what's be- or in this new path he's forged, she might have to ultimately leave this to bomb. So whatever he decides is best regardless what she sees. So like I said, I think we're in like a 70, 30, 60, 40 area, but um, I do think it will ultimately change. All right. So I think you got the next one, right? Yes. So the next one. So that would be from Kenshi, which is... Look at you go, Kenshi. <laughs> he says, okay, so this would have been better last stream, but I think it spells. I think the spell is important. Why introduce a possible new power system? Is it to counter Bam's Shinsu resistance or maybe his copy ability since spells need certain conditions to be met? Most importantly, now that Yuri has experienced going berserk slash possesses... Uh, being possessed do you think she will ever ignite both weapons again will she gain spell resistance from this is it possible to gain spell resistance and lastly do you think the black march showed herself to yuri only because she sensed the other 13th month series and would not have otherwise so that's a mouthful yeah (laughs) so yeah backtracking here ask your question (laughs) (laughs) five questions your honor here's my five page report (laughs) um all right so yeah so breaking this down um why introduce a new uh, power system? What is up with these spells? Um, I think, to be honest, it is a very smart move. I think if we were to just sort of run the gambit here of this story with, like, Shins people who use Shinsu and not using Shinsu, um, you know, it gets a little predictable and it gets a little plain. I think spells are an interesting, you know, third variable party here to break that up um, and introduce, you know, either different uh, mechanics, different outcomes, different obstacles for these characters to overcome um, that can't that aren't isn't as simple as, like, ah, just hit it with Shinsu or hit it with your fist. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that's probably why he would have done it. And, you know, in my guess, and I think it's a good idea, um, is it to maybe to copy his abilities, uh, since spells need certain conditions to be met. Uh, yeah. And, and again, because spells, you know, if you think about it like a triangle, right. Where like, you know, this isn't the only thing in tower guy, but like you've got physical abilities, Shinsu abilities and spells like they, it works in that they all, uh, you know, there's pros and cons to using one over the other at any time. Um, so, like, spells have their own conditions, uh, you know, physical attacks do, and, and Shinsu attacks do. Um, most importantly, now that Yuri has experience going berserk, being possessed, do you think she'll ever ignite both weapons again? Um, I do. So, I am in the camp that, I, I still don't really know, at least for me, the jury's not out yet on, like, the specifics of the situation they were in, because I, I said this in our, yeah, the most recent discussion, um, where like I can I I can see the side of like if Yuri ignited both the weapons out of just sheer uh, recklessness in the sense that like she wanted to show off or she wanted to appear better than the other princesses, um, then a like that's just the stupid side of reckless and like you know doesn't make sense because you're 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 uh, forfeiting 
the, you know, the, the ratio here of what's up for, for grabs is like people's lives over people's lives, right? So it's like you, either way you're playing with dangerous fire where it's like if it was out of desperation, meaning like they didn't think that igniting one weapon was going to be enough to beat Hell Joe with the, um, the Red Thesera, then in my mind I'm like, again, not justifying or not acceptable, but I see the sense where it's like if I don't ignite these weapons, like we're not going to have a real shot at beating him. So it's like where, yeah, the cost is you could hurt these people, but the downside of not doing it is you all die anyway. So it's like, you know what I mean? Take your pick. Um, so, but regardless of that, like I said, also in the discussion, I do think that Yuri is going to become aware of the what happened here, you know, via Evan or somebody else, and that she, whether she like makes a, you know, a vow or, or decides not to do it again, I do think she'll be in a circumstance where she will have to do it again. Um, and I, I personally would like to see her like, straight like overcome it and like you know what I mean be able to control it and 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 take possession of it um but uh but just again just as a uh just as a, a way to you know play with the stakes like that's such an interesting thing where it's like all right we've established you know again this isn't something that's uncommon where it's like you see shows do this with a character where like all right you got the super dope dope technique but you can only use it for three minutes like if you exceed that you're gone and it's like okay then I just won't use it then X character gets put in a situation where they have to break that barrier. So I, I, that's sort of what I see this as, um, is that like, this is an obstacle that like Yuri could potentially break through and could overcome in which case that'd be dope. Cause then it makes her the only princess to successfully wield two of the 13th on series weapons, which is not a thing. Um, so yeah, I, I, again, whether it's from by her own design or by circumstances that are out of her control, I do think she will end up igniting both weapons again at some point. Will she gain spell resistance for, or will she, will she gain a spell resistance from this? That's the other caveat here is again, introducing spells means that maybe it's not even necessarily 100% up to Yuri. If she simply acquires or learns a spell that gives her resistance to the, the spirits of the 13th month series, then, you know, theoretically she's good in that front. Although, you know, to what extent, I don't know. But, you know, again, introducing spells gives us that caveat now. It opens up that window. Um, and, on, and lastly, do you think the Black March showed herself to Yuri because she sensed the other 13th month series, and would she not have otherwise? Um, I don't know, actually, because there's a... Uh, and again, I'm going to have to paraphrase, and I'm sorry if I'm getting this line wrong, but I remember... I think it's either the Black... I think it's the Black March who's when, when they are awakened says like, oh, oh, no, 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 you know what, it's the line to Hell Joe, I think, where where she says, you're not the king that I was waiting for, um, but I guess the point I'm getting at is, I think that the weapons, I don't know if they, if the Black March necessarily awoke specifically because the Green April was also there, because, I don't know, the way that they, like, interact, it, it didn't seem very like, ah, oh, Green April, thank God you're here, you know what I mean, it seemed very like, oh, What's up, Green April? Like, another one of the 13th month series. But you know what I mean? It didn't seem like, and we know, at least from what we've gathered so far, that the Black March actually seems to have an affinity towards men. Um, so I don't know if that's if, if the other month series spirits are exceptions to that rule. Maybe they are. Um, but I don't know. I, I think, to be honest, I think the Black March just thought that the present, that there was a presence that reminded her of the true king, and that's what game, you know caused her to, to awaken. Um that's my two cents. All right. Yeah. I um, honestly, I won't go too hard into it because I really mirror a lot of your points. So I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I, I will comment on the uh, introduction of spells. I do think as you were saying that it is a necessity to incorporate this into the story 
for the reasons that you had mentioned initially and how this affects certain characters if it if you know if it's a new obstacle they have to overcome or or master or whatever it's going to be a new thing that needs to be added to their arsenal in order especially I would say bomb especially or at least to be able to know how to defend against in order for him to make it to the next stage because you know where he is stacked up against people that should be at his level you know what he has with what he has rocking right now is like <laughs> kind of insane. Uh, to be honest, I think the reason that the only reason we see bomb in potential danger a lot of times is because the enemies that they're facing are like eight levels higher than they are because of out of necessity because his story is a little bit different. But if it was like anyone normally at his level, it's like it's not even it's not there's. There's no chance. So I do think it is a good thing that they introduce that. And like I said, I mirror a lot of the points that Isaiah said before. Uh, I'll let him go in on the Yuri questions. So, um, so our next question comes from Big Dumbass. <laughs> I'll never not laugh at that. Um, he actually is like three in a row. So look at you go. Um, I'll read the first one. Um, it says, it was mentioned that no one who has their soul in the spirit room, room with all the souls, is able to leave the floor of death. Why do you think there is a limitation and how can it be overcome? How will Hell Joe fulfill his wish of leaving the floor or will he be able to? It is said that stronger spells override weaker spells. So with, will the 13 months be enough? Um, so I think the last part of that question is like kind of answered within the last one. So I'm not going to go too hard on that. Um, but it says that people can't leave the room of death or the floor of death rather um, without their soul. <laughs> um, why do you think there's a limitation and how can it be overcome? Um, it's a big deal to go there, man. Like this is like this been this has been touted as the probably the most important floor that we've ever been to and might still be the most important floor all the way up until we get to the last one. You know, we, we never know where the story's gonna go because we're not caught up, but this is a this is a floor that has weird exceptions and and boundaries and all that kind of stuff and why do I think there's, I mean, I could try and reason, but like, who am I, a mortal man, to try and reason, you know, that room, that floor of the tower and why you need a soul, etc. Um, you know, they kind of explain it a little bit, if I'm not mistaken, um, where it's like there, there is a, you know, it's like the people want to leave, um, but... There was like, I don't, I'm going to butcher this. Help me out here, Isaiah, where it was like some sort of contract where the soul thing where it's like it keeps them immortal, but they can't leave is like, so they stopped coming out of there. Do you remember this part of the story? Yeah. Yeah. It was something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably butchering it, but like, there's a reason they state it within the story yeah. why there's that contract to it, because it was like they needed to keep them there for whatever reason. So it's like, sure, you can live forever, but like, you don't have a soul. So I think within the story, it kind of answers its own question, although I'm butchering the living hell out of it. So I do apologize. Um, but it says, how will hell Joe fulfill his wish of leaving the floor or will he be able to? Um, I think there's maybe a couple routes that he could go, uh, potentially invoking upon the witches or the guides would be one of them because they seem to just have a backdoor escape route to every single rule or a loophole. Uh, so that could be one of them. Um, it could be that he somehow is able to steal the soul of someone else. We've, I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility within this, especially if everyone bows to his will. The people who collect the souls answer to, to some of the higher-ups. So, I mean, I think there's a, there are a couple ways in which he can leave. Um, and do I think, you know, he's going to be able to? Um, I don't know. Depends on SI, where SIU wants to go with the story. If he wants to keep Hell Joe as the as the main villain for a while, but something's telling me that's not going to be the case. 
that's my prediction. Could be dead wrong. Just kind of talking out of thin air here. Um, so my prediction is no. I don't think that he's going to make it out of the floor of death. So what do you got, Isaiah? Um, so I think, so why, you know, what's the deal with the the um, so, yeah, the souls and the, the spirit room and, and like having one being on the floor of death? Um, I think, to be honest, you know, it's, it's more of like a uh, a barrier of entry and like exit kind of thing where it's like again i believe in the story it references the fact that like for in order for you to go in you need to give up your soul like essentially as collateral right and so it's like you because i'm assuming that if bomb if we had the whole situation that went down with joaquin and bomb right where uh forgetting her name but i believe it's like albedo alfido the the female that's like white's older sister or uh joaquin's older sister close enough yeah the one that gives bomb uh you know all the souls of the people that that joaquin killed um what i'm getting at with that is i believe there is a way to transfer and increase one's power via collecting souls that souls essentially like literally you know if you think about like a video game like work as a currency of power and can literally amplify somebody's power and subsequent spirit uh if you have more than them um, which we know was the deal for Bomb because it's how a it's how he beat Joaquin in that you know that fight and that encounter they had. So to prevent somebody from just rolling up in there with already a soul, but I guess what I'm getting at is I believe you have to have a soul in order to collect more souls. So like you can't just walk in there with zero souls and then walk out with a hundred souls. So I believe that that collateral system is put in place to be like, yeah, you can go in the spirit room. I'm gonna need your soul though because I don't want you trying any funny backward shit. Mm. Um, and so with that, uh, will hell Joe be able to, you know, leave the, the uh, floor again? I, I kind of like, you know, am in line with Ian where it's like if SIU wants to do the thing where uh, hell Joe is going to be a much more or not much more, but a relevant threat past the floor of death, then, yeah, I'm sure there will be some way for him to get out of it because he's going to need to. He's going to need to get out of the floor of death if, you know, if all of our, our heroes and other characters get out of the floor of death in order to pursue them or just be in the story later. Um, if not, if he just wants to make Hell Joe a presence for the floor of death arc, then I know I could see him not leaving and just sort of, you know, chilling on the, the floor of death. Maybe, you know, through this, this the altercations that we're going to see him have with Yurik, mm -hmm. he starts, he like maybe like remembers his his humble beginnings, so to speak, and his origins and like what it was he was doing on the floor of death and maybe he then is going to want to change it for the better. I don't know. Um, but I, I could I could see it going both ways to be honest, and we don't really know enough about the stipulations of the whole soul contract thing for for me to make a definitive pick one of, of those. So I, I would say it could go either way. All right, cool. So yeah, so I'll read next it. one's him again. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, so he says, why do you think why do you think Bam is able to control Shinsu in an area where no one else can? Do you think the thorn is something? related to the administrators especially when considering it's from the outside of the tower with enryu do you think it's just bam and that inside that and that the thing inside him we saw in the rice pot parentheses the blue monster um so why do i think bam is able to control shinsu in an area where no one else can uh yes i do think the thorn um gives him that ability to sort of tap into shinsu uh regardless of the rules of the administrator because i believe that that, along with being a irregular, um, gives him the ability to do that, right? We know that, like, irregulars are sort of defined as being people outside the conventions of the tower, right? They don't have to abide by the rules of the tower. And if the rules of the tower state something like 
for an administrator on each floor, you are bound by their rules, right? Like you have to make a contract and they can't use, and you can, and if they permit you or, uh, you know, permit you of not using Shinsu, then you can't. Um, I mean, for at least my, in my head canon, that's how Enryu was able to pose such a threat to the administrator on the floor of death is that even if the administrator was like, you're not using Shinsu, he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm Enryu. I'm sorry. Maybe you didn't hear, like, I don't give a fuck, you know? And like, just went at him anyway. So I do think that like, you know, again, in relating the thorn to Enryu that like, it is literally like having, albeit a small piece of Enryu with him. And so it's like, yeah, bam, it allows bam to not be held up by the same restrictions that everybody else is. Um, do you think the thorn is relate is do you think the thorn is something related to the administrators, especially when considering it's from the outside of the tower with Enryu? Yeah, again, so I think when they talk about the thorn fragment and specifically um, the uh, red thracera, I think that the thorn, the red thracera, the thorn, the red thracera, and the you know the blue monster as Big Dumbass calls it because um, <laughs> I can't think of a name for it um, are all remnants or elements of something outside the tower and whether that is from irregulars and like because of their contact with administrators, like it, it sort of offspring and like formed these things um, or they're literal tools from the outside of the tower that are taken with an uh, irregular to go into the tower because by definition, these tools are something to combat things like administrators uh, on floors, etc. Um, I do think that the thorn, the uh, blue monster, and the red thesera are all uh, connected, and that they are all elements or remnants of something from outside the tower. What I don't really know. Um, do you think it's just Bam, or that the thing inside him we saw in the rice pod? Um, I definitely, th yeah, it's sort of leading into my last answer. I definitely think the blue monster plays into this into some capacity. Again, I'm not really sure what because I don't. You know, I don't see any, I guess, obvious connections yet other than my theory with the red and the red, the Sarah and the blue uh, monster. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. Again, I mirror a lot of thoughts here. Um, why do you think bombs able to control the Shinsu? Nobody else can. Bombs built different. That's just literally what it is. He's seriously, he's an irregular yeah, yeah, yeah. and they don't really give a damn about regular. the rules. <laughs> and we don't, we at this point have not seen Yurik actually start fighting Joe, and although he could only use one percent of his power, I'm curious to see if he's able to use Shinsu because we haven't. He, I don't know. Well, I, I think it was stated that um, the only reason that he could use one percent of his power is because he didn't want Garum or Garum to notice him or, yeah, or detect yeah. him. Yeah. Now that she knows he's here, I don't really know if he's held. Well, by that's that. what I'm saying. Oh, so okay. I'm wondering now that the cat's out of the bag, if mm. he can use Shinsu because nobody else can. So if Yura oh, can use yeah, Shinsu, yeah. then it's like okay. the answer staring yeah, yeah, me right yeah, yeah. in the face is okay. that they're regular. Yeah, I think, I but think if he can't for some reason, then it's not just you're an irregular I, or something. Yeah, else. I think he can because I think he like that was the other uh, thing with the anklet is they were like, if you're not wearing this, like people will will know. Yeah, yeah. like they'll sense your presence, but they'll know be because his power is so great. Sure, which leads me to believe that like if yeah. you couldn't use Shinsu. People wouldn't be able to know that yeah. anyway. He also blasts Karaka with that one thing at that one yeah. part, and it's like, was that not Shinsu? You know, it seemed like a beam or something that he was shooting oh, at yeah, him. Yeah, so, like the the definition of Shinsu sometimes kind of confuses me with what powers are what, and it's like anything that's not like a physical attack. Now we have spells, but like up to this point, I just figured it was something Shinsu related. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I guess that's you yeah, know he can use it. So that's my answer. Okay, that's my <laughs> answer, Trebek. He's an irregular. <laughs> Um, but anyway, and One then again, I kind of mirror a lot of the things. Do you think the thorn is something related to the administrator, especially when <laughs> leading the witness, uh, especially when considering it's from outside of the tower with Enryu? 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got me pulling my leg here. Um, do you think it's just bomb and that thing inside him we saw in the rice pot? I don't think it's just that. I don't know what it means necessarily by do you think it's just bomb? Like, do you think, I don't know. I think it, it means, do you think that bomb, like, the, the the reason bomb can do this is because bomb's bomb. Oh, uh, okay. Or do you okay. think it's because of outside or external factors like the blue monster? Yeah, so. well, I think the external factors kind of all play into bomb. You know what I mean? So it's like I feel like it, it can't be just bomb because they're all part of bomb, if that makes sense. Okay. Now, yeah, so yeah, yeah. anyway, that's my answer. Right. <laughs> um, so moving on to the next question here, we have Kenshi again says, so spells need divinity, help slash contract from a divine being or a spell item to be used in the way they told us how to stop, neutralize, or destroy a spell. What does this all mean relating to the administrators unable to break the spell on the 13 months? Next are questions based on my thoughts, so discuss this one you read first. (laughs) You got it. Um, So, yeah, I think the fact that they are called upon, the spells that have to call upon a higher power in order to use them... um, and the fact that they can't, the administrators can't break the 13 month series spell is that they have some anti God thing going on with like the blacksmith who made those kinds of things. Jihad has a lot of inner workings and dealings with the administrators as he's gone up the floors and he makes those weapons very specific for a very specific reason. So if he's come from outside the tower and say gods are just abound frolicking everywhere, you know, like Jihad is like, I'm over that, you know, like what I do, I'm not going to have it. So these gods are going to be able to tamper and, and pee all over my parade, you know, when it's like, I got everything established here. Um, so I think that there was, that was very intentional and like, I think they can't break it because when they were made, that was an intention where it's like, we have to spell proof these in some way, shape or form. Uh, my thoughts, one, the administrators are bad at spells Two, maybe a being equal to, or more powerful exists in the tower. Like a boss administrator, Jihad got the help of an outside god. Jihad and the other 12 enchant the materials from the 13 months before uh, before stop climbing. And five, the admins contract with Jihad have something to do with it. Now that I think about it, could contracts be a type or form of spell? Could be. Yeah, I think there's, you know, if we're talking about certain spells having a trump card over other spells that are more powerful, there could be like a more defensive style spell, a barrier yeah. type thing. I, I defer to that answer, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, I actually mirror a lot of what you said. Um, I do think it was kind of, you know, in Jihad's But I, I've talked a lot about, like, my running theory here is that once Jihad said, like, yo, fuck this shit. I'm not climbing this tower anymore. Um, I'm going to be king of this. Fl- this floor is the top floor now. And I'm going to run this shit and everything in the tower. Um, that, like, he had a lot of plans <laughs> set into place mm. to foolproof that and make sure that, like, you know, any sideways nigga couldn't just roll up in here and be like, job, fuck you, fuck this. Like I'm, you know, and, and we talk about the 13th month series. We talk about the, um, the, the two uh, rings of Jihad or, or, um, I believe that's what they call them. Um, and spells. I mean, like Jihad is not (laughs) from what we know about him and, and combined with my theories, Jihad is a resourceful nigga. (laughs) Jihad is definitely somebody who like knows how to use what's around him to his advantage. And like, you know, will use every possible faucet of, of an avenue of things that he does have at his disposal to cover his tracks as much as humanly possible. So I do think that, um, you know, this is just another one of, of many of the things that Jihad has put in place to make sure that like, you know, if he's here, you can't even get into this room because there's like nine doors that stop (laughs) you. Um, yeah, yeah, that's my that's my two cents on that. All right, take it away, my friend. All right, so 
Next question is, uh, oh, uh, from Catan two three seven. Oh yeah, 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 right? yeah. okay, yeah. So Catan two three seven. First of all, fantastic profile picture. Oh really? What is that? Dio I can't even clown face. Oh, I maybe it's just this monitor. It's Dio, I actually. I literally it's, can't even make it's it. It's Dio with clown makeup. Oh, and really? Yeah. And a wig. <laughs> that is great. Dope. All right, he says, "What is it that Enryu specifically let the thorn left?" Oh, sorry. Why is it that Enryu specifically left the thorn for Bomb to use? And is it said that Bomb will use the thorn to kill King Jihad? But we also know that the people who come from the outside of the tower, i.e. irregulars, can kill Jihad and the Ten Family Leaders. So why a specific weapon like the thorn is needed? Is it possible that Bomb was born in the tower and is actually considered a resident of the tower, so he cannot f- fully... He cannot uh, nullify the immortality contract, so he needs the thorn. Because it is not said that once it is... Oh, jeez, I'm sorry. Because it is not said that once you leave the tower and return, you are an irregular. Um, That's a mind fudger of a question. <laughs> yeah. so it is a mind fudger of a question <laughs> indeed. And it does... So the running theory in this question, um, at least, is that the reason Bomb needs the thorn is because, for all intents and purposes, by textbook definition, he's not an irregular. He is a resident of the tower who is like a, you know, I don't know if you want to call him a pseudo-irregular. Um, I personally don't really believe that. I think that Bomb has gone through way too many feats um, that if he's a resident of the tower, he's the luckiest fucking resident of the tower <laughs> that's ever fucking existed. Um, so I think that, and I do believe they also state that, like, if you're not an irregular, you can't even use the thorn. Like, you need, like, you know, that's why they wanted to melt Bomb's body uh, with or into and, and the thorn so it could become a weapon that regulars could use because that's Karaka's whole thing. Karaka's not a regular. So they, Karaka can't even use the thorn unless it's melted down into a version or a form that regulars can use. Um, so I, I do think Bomb is like a full Enryu level uh, regular. However, I think much like. You know, I'm gonna go a little bit outside here. Uh, I don't know if you're how familiar you are with Zelda, like this. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> okay, take it away. <laughs> um, uh, for anybody out there who does know, um, Link being the chosen hero uh, to slay Ganon needs his trusty weapon, the Master Sword, in order to do it. I think that Bomb being an irregular or Enry being an irregular is one thing. You are the person that's capable of doing it, but you need your Master Sword. He needs his his trusty weapon. He needs the thing, the sword that can slay the king, which is the thorn. Um, and you know, once again, I believe that like that's the the fragmenting of it is because you know, simply put, while Enryu left the thorn here for Bomb, that's not to say that Bomb could be the the only other irregular. Like we know that irregulars aren't just rolling up into the tower every week. Um, but there really is no for. Uh, way to judge frequency as far as irregulars, right? Like, generally put, like, you know, I think they say, I forget the exact numbers, but they're like, it's every couple of, like, hundred years or whatever. Um, but, you know, who's not to say that an irregular doesn't roll up before Bomb, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or one doesn't roll up while Bomb's still in the tower. Um, so I think fragmenting a thorn even, again, we're talking about Jihad uh, a little bit earlier, is was en- is Enry's insurance. That if, like, somebody, if any irregular gets their hands on the thorn, or, again, because we know that, like, uh, you know, i.e. the alternate folks plan to melt the thorn down into something that a regular can use, that just getting a thorn doesn't mean it's game over for Bomb now. Like, he has a chance because, you know, we've got a, a chaos emerald situation here where, like, shit is spread all over the place. Um, so, yeah, so that's that. So uh, why specific weapon and thorn is needed? Is it possible that Bomb's... Yeah, so uh, like I said, I don't really believe that he's... Uh, I believe that he is a, a full-on re- irregular, so I do believe that, like, just by himself, he can... Uh, so actually, okay, 
I'm going <laughs> to. Just remember that whole last uh, answer. Well, so what I was going to say is I believe that the thorn is what is needed to kill Jihad and the Ten Family Leaders, but only an irregular can wield a thorn. So it's not that the thorn makes Bomb an irregular, but it's that Bomb, as an irregular, is one of the only people who can wield the thorn by itself and in its true form. And I actually think now that even if you were to take, like, Bomb's body, let's say, and melt the thorn with it and make a weapon, it still would not be strong enough to kill Jihad, because I believe the only way to do it is if you use the thorn in its raw, most powerful form, which only an irregular can do. So I believe that it's not necessarily that the thorn is helping Bomb by making him an irregular, thereby making him somebody that can kill Jihad, but Bomb, as an irregular, is the only person who can use the thorn which is the weapon that can kill Jihad and um, the Ten Family Heads. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, I I have a slightly different theory, but I do mirror some of the things that you say. I, I think personally, um, it, for the irregular question, Bomb, I think, is definitely an irregular, uh, 100%. In terms of the Thorn relationship with him, I've, I draw a lot of parallels, actually, to what's going on. Um, ironically enough, to the Bible um, in the story of, of the coming of Jesus, right? So basically, for anyone not familiar, there's a, there's plenty of prophets that predict it, but there's one in particular, John, um, who like paves the way, right? He starts telling everyone, it's like, hey, he's coming. You know what I mean? Like, this is going to this is gonna be a thing. Y'all better be ready for it. Y'all better repent. Y'all do your thing. I relate, I relate Enryu to John in that, and I relate Bomb to Jesus in the in that in that thing. And again, you could probably pull thirty eight thousand stories that share a similar theme, but that's just the one that comes to my mind. Um, and with that being said, I don't necessarily think that the thorn is needed to kill Jihad. Like, I don't think it's like you have to have the thorn in order to do it. Okay. I just think the thorn is like. If you're going to do it, you know what I mean? Like, this is your best damn shot because this weapon is, like, ridiculous. And it's more of, like, who is worthy to wield it type thing. I think that there potentially could be someone that could kill Jihad or a 10 great family head or something like that if they are that strong. Um, but I think that the thorn, there's something, the thorn is n not just a weapon, it's symbolic, right, of that. And relating another story to it, it's like Bomb being the, the Christ figure in that almost relating it to something else now is like when King Arthur pulls the sword out of the stone, you know what I mean? To be like, okay, the one who's supposed to have this is going to have it. And this sword is going to bring whatever peace and prosperity and, and knight the King and all that kind of stuff. So I see it as like a thing where it's like, I think that if we were to break down the, like the hypothetical lore of this, or maybe we had a spin off or some crazy thing that like, maybe like, I think somebody, you know, an irregular could kill Jihad because they break the rules and they don't necessarily need the thorn. Um, could be dead wrong on that, but I, I think the thorn serves as more of a symbolism type thing and that it is damn helpful. So, I mean, that's that's my prediction, but I think that's an interesting question. Was there more to this no. on that one? That was a, that was a big so, question. Yeah. Okay. Of course, my phone decides to lock itself. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll go into the next one then. Okay. So. This one's by Often. Thank you for the question. Often says, thoughts on the 13 months, the 13 months now how it affects the story and do you think if bomb were to ignite two at the same time would the curses work on him also what do you think the 13 month is called the 13th month is called okay um didn't they say that was like the month list or something or did they say they said one was called oh no they said it was like called the gray december or something i don't know well i thought i thought the i, I thought it was like the cold december or something oh, cold i thought december? that was 
one like the twelfth. I, th- I don't was think they yeah, yeah. name dropped. The oh, 13th I didn't know one. if like the thirteenth one was something where it was like the nameless whatever. Like it was like the color of it. You know, it's like yellow green. Oh, whatever yeah, was yeah, like yeah. some like ambiguous I, thing. I, I might have got that yeah. messed up with December. No, I, I think when they mentioned that one, I think that because like December the twelfth month. I think that's like oh, the okay. last one on the line. And then there is a thirteenth one. Okay, that's like made up. Obviously. Maybe I'm getting that mixed up. So, but I'm gonna break this question down one at a time here. Thoughts on the thirteen months now? How it affects the story? And do you think that if Bomb were to ignite two at the same time, would the curse work on him? I think they have a major impact on the story. We knew that they were going to, but this just fleshes out more information as to the actual impact they have uh, and the motivations behind creating them and their own motivations being that there are living souls within them. I think it adds an interesting element to this. I almost relate them um, maybe in a kind of, maybe this is a stretch, but I kind of related Yuri trying to ignite two. um, If anyone is familiar with the Green Lantern series from DC, where it's like you, like you can't, you can't wield two rings at the same time. You know right, what I mean? Yeah, like it'll yeah. tear you apart and sure. only like certain specific people yeah, yeah, are supposed yeah. to do it. So I kind of relate it to that when I'm, when I'm thinking about it. So to answer your question, do you think bomb could do it? It's bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if anyone's going to do it, it's him like, personally. I absolutely think under no circumstance can a person wield two. It would tear them apart. Could bomb do it? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but also to accompany my point in the green lantern series, guess who's able to wield more than one yeah. at some point no, when he needs to Hal Jordan, the main <laughs> yeah, yeah, protagonist. So yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if someone's going to do it, it's probably yeah, bomb. So yeah, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, whatever, uh, you know, to answer that question, um, uh, sorry, I lost my place here. Also, what do you think of the 13, oh, 13 month? I'm not sure. I, I, like I said, I can't remember what, I can't even think. Make, I don't, make up a name. They? What do you think it's called? Brom Hemver. How the hell did they come up with the first names? December, August, like where does that, where do they, like somebody give me the wiki on that. Where does that all come from? Just add an ember at the end and put a different letter in front. There's no months to start with a B, right? So like, there you go. Yeah, I don't know, bro, Hember. Anyway, so that's my guess. Um, Did God SIU just come up with a random word and made it a month? Well, that's what I just did. So I don't know. (laughs) Treat this part as more of a guessing game rather than a question. You know, could have read that beforehand. (laughs) Although the chances of you getting it is close to zero. If you guys at least get the color from the 13th month, I'll be impressed. Oh yeah, the color, but won't confirm. Also focus on the main question, LMAO. (laughs) Um, Yeah, with the, um, oh yeah, because the December, oh, he even says, duh. The December was colorless. The December is colorless. Colorless December. Damn, what, rainbow? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking like, like, trident, Goobember. <laughs> and it's like, it's just this ball of goo that like you whip around, but it's as sharp as a sword and you can just whip it at people. And if it, the goo gets on somebody and you rip it off, it like cuts their body parts off and it's called Trident Goobember. I like that. <laughs> Bungie Goomba. Uh, exactly. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I'm running. And if it's not that, then we're changing to that. Anyway, next question. What do we got? Uh, all right. So Hit me with the it. next question um, I think it's the last one, actually. Yeah, yeah, and and also just to like you know, I'm not. I, I do mirror a lot of your thoughts with that last one. Sorry, um, so yeah, I, I didn't mean to cut. Yeah, you off. No, no, no. So I don't really have anything much to add into that. Like, I do think that nobody could do it, but Bomb probably could. <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, all right. So we're gonna go to the last question, which is from Fluffy Managuin. Fluffy Managuin, thirty-three. Am I saying that? Right, probably not. Um, who is your favorite ranker and why? <laughs> Where do you have Isaiah's answer? 
It's Yuri. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, so I, like, Yuri's been my waifu from almost, from basically from episode one. But she became my favorite ranker when we saw her fight because, <laughs> I mean, like, I, so the only person who I would say is probably tied for that is Lara Rowe because we, while we haven't seen him cut loose, I just know that nigga can cut loose. And I know that, like, when he d- finally gets to cut loose, man, it's, it's like, it's got to be cool. But, but, like, if Lara Rowe is a ranker, well, A, Lara Rowe, so, okay, I guess if we're talking about rankers, like, Yuri is technically a high ranker and Lara Rowe's a ranker. So, if we're going off that premise, from the technicalities or whatever, um, then, yeah, I would say Lara Rowe because I can't really think of any other rankers that have impressed me personally other than Lara Rowe, which is actually very weird because, like I said, we haven't really seen him cut loose, but there's just something about that nigga, bro. He got that, like, he's got that Yurik-level charisma for me where he, like, just starts talking and I'm like, Yes. Yes. Do it. Kill that nigga. Like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Help bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Get him. And, uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, But yeah. But I would like to substitute that answer, though, for Yuri, because I am a Yuri simp. So I have to. I Like, I just, I can't not. Um, it would be against my better judgment. What's your answer? <laughs> this is actually a tough one, because I think about it, and... For a couple of reasons, right? Number one, I actually, a lot of the characters that I really, you know, love in the story are not rankers yet. It's like kind of part of the main crew. So when this question was asked, I was like, wait a minute. I don't have like a standout answer to that right away, right? Which kind of made it weird. And I also am one of the, like one of those people, which the guys goof a lot, but you know, we all enjoy it at our own pace that like, it takes a lot for a character to be like my favorite. You know what I mean? Like I could think of surface level reasons, but it's like, I'd like to have more of a reason than just, you know, whatever the surface level reason is. So to answer this question, I, I, I'm going to say who my top two contenders are, I think, but that by no means is that means that I can't change this. Like as we go, like these are very in flux. I'm not like rooted in like, I'm good. This is my favorite. Dude, if if Lara Rowe gets like cuts, like starts going off and gets his ass whooped frame one, like I'm going to change my answer. It's not going to be Lara Rowe anymore. Cause like that's not impressive, but until then. Yeah. It's a very loose answer, I guess is my point. So I would say the the quick answer and the one that a lot of people probably want to hear is Yurik, um, right? Because he's technically, again, right, high ranker, ranker. Like, he's been to the top. So I'm assuming I'm counting him in there. Uh, he's just hilarious. He's just great. The guy, like, for all the reasons that we've seen, I, I really do like that character a lot, uh, genuinely. And uh, another one, actually, is uh, Jin Sung Ha. I love as, as a character. I like him a lot. And I love how Bomb kind of represents, like, mini Jin Sung Ha, you know, in his aesthetic, you know, like the way he looks and stuff like that. I like his like kind of like laid back. Oh, I need, I totally forgot about Jin Sung Ha. I would like to change my answer from Lero Ro to Jin Sung Ha. Okay. That nigga's fire. Yeah. He's awesome. He's dope. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, all the things about him, right? Like just his, his personality, this like kind of like aloofness where it's like, but it's like you don't want to mess with him because he also like murdered his whole family, and you're like, ah, like what? I don't know what to think about this guy. And I just love how much he trusts in Bomb now after like being this father figure to him when Bomb really doesn't have one, and it's kind of this weird stepdad role. But he's been able to kind of fill it, and like he genuinely cares. And I just like those moments when they're like, he needs to like whip them into shape when they're like trying to run away from him. And he's like, guys, like seriously, like you can't go to the, the name hunt station or you can't go there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's yeah, like yeah. chasing him around. He's like, and then, but like, then they get away and you could picture him being like, cause realistically, if he really, really wanted to, he could probably find a way. But he's like, ah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
I'm sorry, just fine. spit everywhere. They'll figure it out. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like they got it. I trust them. Like what was I thinking? You know? Yeah. I don't know. I like that, but I like him for all of those reasons wrapped into one. I think he's very has a lot of very human elements, um, and but he's like badass at the same time. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I like him a lot. One of the things I actually like about him, and I'll, I'll throw it in there because I totally forgot about him up until now. Yeah. Um, is that like he like you said he has this very like protective role and an almost like fatherly role when it mm. comes to bomb um but he's the realist side of that where it's like you know if again if bomb is bugs god right he's the one who's got the idealist uh you know attitude and he's going out to change things and 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 make things for the better jin sung ha is like the nigga behind him who anytime somebody tries to back cross bomb that he's like yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You were gonna come over here. You want to try that again? You know, <laughs> don't, like don't talk to me or my son ever again. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's he, the whole thing when they're going to the floor of death. Uh, you know, like you were saying, when Jensen tries to stop them, they like outsmart him, and he's like, "All right, whatever. Have fun, kids." But like, who's the nigga that bails them out when that floor when the name hunt station arc ends? At, like it, he rolls up and yeah. Pop a money bags is yeah. like give me my kids back. You know, <laughs> and it's like so. I yeah. I Jensen Ha is is final answer. Bam. <laughs> that camera's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to the best of us. <laughs> anyway, folks, those are all of the remaining questions we had for this week's read-through. Again, this covered um, episodes 243 to 250. For anyone that was curious, I didn't state that in the beginning, but yeah, I'm yeah. sure a lot of you know that are watching this video. Um, you know, tune in next week, when or Sunday, rather, when we... No, I lied. Tune in Saturday. Yes. This is in the past. So I'm saying this, I'm traveling through time right now because we haven't actually made that post yet, but that post will be made by the time you see this video. Jedi mind tricks. But anyway, so Saturday, tomorrow, uh, make sure you guys are checking out our Tower of God live stream where we will be going over the next slew of chapters and make sure that you guys are participating in our Discord if you want your questions to be read. Again, this is an experimental format right now, depending on how many questions we get. We can't be here for three hours, so maybe we'll just pick, you know, X amount um, or whatever. But if you want to hear your question potentially answered, definitely take part in it. It's it's fun to answer these, and it's cool to hear your guys' thoughts, and hopefully you enjoy us expounding upon our thoughts in relation to your questions as well. But anyway, folks, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the content today, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting that notification bell, sharing with your friends, and commenting your thoughts down below. What did you think of our answers and discussion today? What did you think of this format? And are you excited for more Tower of God? But until next time, we'll catch you on the flip. Peace. Peace. Ninjas are samurais, blaze of the cool knives. Find me in the leaf of the cloud, screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls though, who like seeing parts fly.